Canada HR News for October 17, 2022. I'm Elena Bobireva. In today's episode, we talk about provincial employment updates, possible strike of 55,000 education workers in Ontario, advances in inclusion practices among Canadian TSX-listed companies, and other topics. Stay with us to get the latest HR updates. The governments of Nunavut and Saskatchewan have introduced new incentives to attract healthcare professionals and address staffing challenges. Nunavut is rolling out a Bring a Friend or Family Member incentive for nurses who want to work in the province for the holiday season. Eligible applicants include casual nurses, nurse practitioners, midwives, and mental health consultants, as well as casual staff who provide a minimum of three weeks of service and can work from December 6, 2022 to January 9, 2023. Under the program, eligible applicants will receive one return flight for a friend or family member. The government of Saskatchewan is introducing a new one-time payment between thirty dollars to $50,000 for healthcare workers who will work in rural and remote areas. The incentive is part of Saskatchewan's Health Human Resources Plan, to recruit, train, incentivize, and retain more healthcare workers to boost the province's healthcare system. The plan recently took its first step by creating more than 125 new full time frontline healthcare positions while making more than 50 part time roles full time. Nova Scotia is also taking creative steps towards retaining family doctors. The government is offering office space at no cost to four family physicians. The Premier Tim Houston said that the plan, at a cost of $6.3 million over four years, will increase physician recruitment and retention and connect 3,500 more patients to doctors by early 2023. The province is making space available at two existing Halifax area clinics for four newly graduated family physicians who have recently moved to the province allowing them to save on overhead costs and establish themselves before they move to a permanent location. The physicians will be expected to take on 1,300 patients each and work there for one year before moving to their own practices. The Nova Scotia government has proposed changes to the Labor Standards Code to provide an unpaid leave of absence of up to five consecutive working days for a pregnancy which does not result in live birth, or an unpaid leave of up to 16 weeks if a pregnancy ends after the 19th week. If passed, the changes would take effect on January 1, 2023, with a cost to government as an employer of about $550,000 a year. The province of Quebec provides a leave in the event of a termination of pregnancy. If a termination of pregnancy occurs before the beginning of the 20th week of pregnancy, the worker has the right to be absent for up to three weeks without pay. If a termination of pregnancy occurs as of the first day of the 20th week of pregnancy, the worker is entitled to maternity leave without pay for a maximum of 20 weeks. About 55,000 education workers in Ontario, such as custodians, early childhood educators, and administration staff, will be in a legal strike position as of November 3rd, the Canadian Union of Public Employees said on Monday. 
QP has not indicated if education workers would engage in a full strike, which could potentially close schools or start with a work-to-rule campaign or take some other course of action at that point. There are still talks in progress with the assistance of a mediator, with three days of bargaining scheduled between Monday and Wednesday. QP is looking for an annual increase of 11.7%. The government has offered raises of 2% a year for workers making less than $40,000 and 1.25% for all other workers. Education workers have made several other proposals, including overtime at two times the regular pay, 30 minutes of paid prep time per day for educational assistance, and an increase in benefits and professional development for all workers. CBC News reports that four major teachers' unions are also at various points in the bargaining process with the government after their contracts expired on August 31st of 2022. CBC News reports that the audit by Charon Human Resources reveals that employees at the Montreal Call Centre for Immigration Refugees and Citizenship Canada reported having little time between calls, insufficient training, limited career development, and strict evaluation processes that leave them feeling anxious and fearful. The audit has revealed the turnover rate at the centre is as high as 30%, with 11% of employees on a leave without pay. IRCC hired the company in March to conduct the workplace audit. It is the department's only call center, and it fields immigration-related calls from across Canada and the world. The recommendations for improvement include providing training about unconscious bias, introducing technology and strategies to ease the work process, providing leadership training to supervisors with a focus on employee well-being and evaluation, and establishing a staff development plan. The law firm Osler has published their eighth annual report on diversity disclosure practices in Canada. The report provides disclosure on the representation of women in senior leadership positions at TSX-listed companies, as well as the representation of women, members of visible minorities, indigenous peoples, and persons with disabilities at publicly traded corporations governed by the Canada Business Corporation Act, CBCA. Across all TSX-listed companies, women now hold 26% of the board seats. This is a significant change from 2015, when women on average represented 10%. Single-gender boards have become an anachronism. For the first time, there are no all-male boards among the S&P TSX companies, and none of the 60 companies has less than two female directors. Across all TSX-listed companies, only 11.6% of boards have no women directors, compared to 47.1% in 2015. While achieving diversity with respect to characteristics beyond gender will take time, the change has begun. Across all CBCA corporations, just under 10% of board positions are held by directors who are members of visible minorities, indigenous peoples, or persons with a disability. Some public companies disclosed their strategy to increase diversity and the representation of women specifically at all levels of the organizations. These practices include recruiting, developing, and retaining a high-performing workforce drawn from all segments of the Canadian landscape, striving to foster an inclusive workplace by establishing diversity and inclusion committees, and company-wide strategies and policies that encourage diversity and fairness 
elevating diverse talent, and investing in training programs to build inclusive leadership, as well as promoting diversity and inclusion by organizing mentorship programs and employer resource groups aimed at supporting professional development for women and BIPOC employees. The report provides comprehensive information about each of these strategies that worked for these organizations. Please see the episode description for the link to the report. The Government of Canada has also launched an extensive online resource designed for Canadian organizations looking to adopt better equity and diversity practices. The What Works Toolkit provides practical actions, best practices, and strategic approaches based on evidence for the recruitment, mentoring, promotion, and retention of diverse employees. It also includes activities that combat racism and harassment and provides examples of successful diversity plans that can be replicated to help organizations reach their diversity goals. The toolkit helps Canadian organizations to achieve the 50-30 challenge. It is a voluntary pledge that Canadian companies, not-for-profit organizations and post-secondary institutions can make to achieve gender parity at 50%, and significant representation at 30% of equity-deserving groups, such as racialized persons, indigenous people, people living with disabilities, and members of the 2S LGBTQ plus community on corporate boards and in senior management roles. For the link to the toolkit, see the episode description. And this was Canada HR News for October 17, 2022. Please leave us a rating and a comment in Apple Podcast. You can also find us in Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on other platforms. For more information on the topics discussed today, see the episode description and connect with us on Twitter at CADHR News or LinkedIn at Canada HR News Podcast. <laughs>